Here's Gourlamic. Hello and welcome back to Who Watches the Watchers. My name is Paul Damien. My name is Ian. And this is Kenny. Thank you very much for tuning in, guys. Uh, today we're actually talking about The Sound of Metal, uh, starring Riz Ahmed as our main character uh-huh. and directed by Darius Martyr. Yeah. 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 Th- this was his first movie. Yeah. Th- this was his first movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, I getting into it, uh-huh. the movie, I I was enjoying it, uh-huh. but it was still hard to get into. It's not my pacing, the my preferred pacing yeah. for a movie. So it was really rough, but overall... I enjoyed the movie. How do you okay. guys feel? Um, what you think? I'm still on the fence about it, I think. Yeah? Yeah. Well, let's talk about it. I had seen this movie before. This yes. was my big yeah. recommendation once again, which feels like it's like every week I'm like, this is the one I recommended. <laughs> um, but what's it called? I don't know. I re- the two things to know or know that this movie won was that it won the Oscar for Best Sound. Oh. Uh, and then it won for Best Achievement in Film Editing. Mm-hmm. And so I think those two big, I think those two things weigh heavily on the style of this film and it makes sense that it kind of deserved those awards because they, it, they really delve in those two areas bigger than a lot of movies ever have before specifically sound engineering. You know what I mean? Yeah. This movie was trying to like bridge a new territory, you know, swim in new waters, you know, yeah. and tread like in a place that had never been done before. And so that's one thing that you kind of got to give up for it is, uh, it was trying, really trying something that had never been quite achieved, you know, so. Well, sound was almost like another character mm-hmm. in this movie. You know, it's very crucial to the main plot. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it, it affects everything that the main character goes through. Yeah, so. definitely. It's, um, this, I, I thought you said no more horror movies, Kenny. This movie was a horror movie <laughs> for me. A horror <laughs> movie? Sad, it's emotional. The thing is, is, yeah, this is like heavy drama. It's like when I tell people about movies like this, I'm like, get ready to be sad the whole time you know yeah. like even the happy moments you're kind of sad in this movie you know and it's it's heavy and i think it i think it in of itself it unfortunately uh delves away from its own plot a little bit mm-hmm. and like um in ways that were like they just kind of added drama that didn't necessarily need to be there to go with the what's like an struggling. instance of that do you think um like i mean the relationship with him and lou i feel like they like in even more so like the ending of the relationship between yeah. him and lou and like my sister christina is a sign language interpreter she worked with the deaf community quite a bit so i was very interested to see how she would react to this movie and funny enough her biggest issue with this movie was his relationship with lou and the fact that they basically tried to make it seem like he was her addiction you know like oh. and the thing that she needed to get away from you know and uh, there was no real reason for that you know like they could have still had the perfectly strong relationship we kind of felt at the beginning and it still yeah. be that way in the end you know and it not really make a difference for him you know what i mean mm-hmm. like for the journey that he was needing to go on you know it's like he didn't need to necessarily need to be single you know in like his personal life you know? <laughs> I, I i feel like i'm still um digesting it trying to figure it out yeah, when did you watch it i watched it last moment. night okay yeah i watched half of it last night and the other half during lunch at work today got you interesting um uh yeah so i mean it, lou is played by olivia cook mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm familiar with She's her. She's from Ready Player One. Yeah. So I have not seen I had that one. Just, I was just going over her stuff. Ready Player One, and she was a child in another... She I was think, in Ouija? 
Yes, she was a child in Ouija. I really? How, how like, long ago was Ouija? Not child, but like fairly young. You <laughs> oh, know? okay, yeah. Like essentially a kid. Yeah. <laughs> We're all kids here. Pretty much. Um, oh, she was in Meet Earl and the Dying Girl. Holy fuck, she was the Dying Girl oh, in Meet Earl the and the Dying, dying girl. girl. What the fuck? I didn't even put that together. That's <laughs> that. I love that movie, and that movie's kind of bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, But I, I think though, you can kind of not compare those two movies, but they're both like kind of heavier drama right. movies no, that like sure. pretty much rely on like small moments of kindness or heartfelt you know to basically stop it from being just like, <laughs> like super dramatic the whole time you know yeah. <laughs> is that what y'all would classify this movie as a as a drama because like i was having a hard time putting it into like it's, any lines any yeah. you know in one shape you know i think it's for sure a drama mm-hmm. in um, the way the story is but i mean maybe more of like trying to be like not experimental but like a little more indian design you know yeah. the way that that's presented to us you know I think I'm starting to finally kind of crack this movie open for me. Really? And I'm starting to realize that this is a movie about a character that is not meant to be a main character. Like, he is the side character. He is realizing his life is not the perfect outcome all the time. It's not the perfect, like, hero's journey. And that is starting to bleed this movie to be a lot darker for me. (laughs) I think this movie's great. And I think Riz Ahmed's acting carries it Mm -hmm. over the top of its greatness. You know what I mean? I think from the moment we see him, everything everything from his performance is raw and real and just intense. You know, like Mm -hmm. and once again, the sound, you're right, is kind of like a whole extra character in this. And so especially once things start to happen. Like the scene the you know, like the first scene where we start they have the sound cut out and like his kind of like uh, denying deniable reactions to it where he's just like this isn't real this is fine this isn't anything you know what mm-hmm. i mean you would just like kind of try to play through act through it you know at first mm-hmm. and you know, literally deny that anything's going wrong um all the way up into the first scene we see him in that pharmacy you know like in the guys on the phone like he, he can't even talk to yeah. me We're, like having a hard time communicating it's just the stress and the the pacing and the walking around dude i already right there my heart's like i was like on edge you know you're just with him just like fuck like yeah. god damn it that's kind of stressful that's why this movie was for sure a horror movie for me because this is <laughs> it's a the, psychological thriller <laughs> the worst nightmare for me is like losing my hearing i i i I don't know. It's just, it's it's a, a lot to... <laughs> to think about. And, yeah, for sure. You know, I went into this movie cold. Like, No, you the, didn't know jack shit. The only thing I knew about it mm-hmm. was when I opened it up, I it's you know how it says the synopsis. Mm-hmm. It says a metal drummer, and I was like, I'm not going any further. And I just press play. <laughs> and so when he started losing his hearing, I was like, oh my fucking God. That's what this movie's about. And I think that's why it was a little hard for me to get into it because it's like a type of movie like this I would only really watch if I wanted to watch it. Yeah. But this was like, hey, you need to watch it for the podcast. So I'm, I'm going to watch <laughs> but this it. this is the kind you of stuff I mean? exactly I want to kind of force you into is yeah. this exact kind of movie where it's not in your wheelhouse really. But yeah. I, I'm sure you still walked away from this movie appreciating it, right? Oh, and like definitely. The work put into it. Yeah. Uh, I Honestly, I respected a lot of the directing choices and a lot of the just shots in general. Mm-hmm. The my, cinematography was beautiful. Yeah. My favorite overall was the ending like hands oh, down, yeah. the message that he gets from his essentially his whole situation is just summed up in like 30 seconds to a minute right there at the end and i just really i, I love that 
That was cool. I was afraid that you were gonna. Hate I'm getting this a little. Movie. I'm like choking up a little. Really? <laughs> yeah, no, it was. It was good because like you you hear Joe talk to him about like uh, like when you were sitting in that room, did you ever feel a moment of stillness? And he doesn't really understand what Joe's talking about. Yeah. But there at the end, he has that moment of stillness, and he's just like, "Fuck, this is." I've been running away from my problems. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's beautiful the way they put it. No, yeah, you, you got it. I mean, that's, it's true. It's, it's such a great ending to mm-hmm. this oh, fucked up story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, and even beyond losing your hearing, this movie approaches a lot of scary things to think about, like being separated from your loved one who you've become reliant on for the last mm-hmm. four. I love the part where he's like, how long have you been clean? And he's like, four years. And he's like, how long have you been with Lou? And he's like, four years you know and it's like such a message of like how much they have been each other's pillar and then they have to have that forcibly separated for something that like is beyond your control in like a responsible way like this like it's the responsible thing for you to be separated it's not like life just happening and forcing you away from each other it's like you have to do it you know um and so that's an equally kind of scary thought and their scene where they have to leave each other is like the one that like the you know myra was watching with me and she was like in yeah. tears and like yeah. had to kind of put the movie down for a second and be like i can't yeah you know, i have to step away from this because it's their performances are insane you know it's really good it's crazy how fucking good it is i love the idea of living in an rv with somebody like that which is all your shit and like the fact that they're musicians so he just has like his drum kit in the corner yeah. and this ridiculous mm-hmm. giant mixer, mixer for yeah. some reason it's like what do they need that for there's i guess they're recording two of them <laughs> the album in the fucking there's two oh, of them are. what do you mean what does like, that mean i mean like they could have used this and probably been fine you know? oh, like, true. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's very true. They didn't Maybe need- they need it if they ever have to throw on their own shows because yeah. they, it oh. it's everything. I don't know. And it seemed like their shows were kind of like that where they just set them up mm-hmm. um, wherever they could really, you know, because we yeah. get to see that one scene where he's like checking up on her and it's like her performing on the floor with just like a pedal and a smaller mixer like, like this. Yeah. Yeah. Different pedals yeah. and stuff on the floor, which I mean, I'm pretty sure you could make some neat songs out of that mm-hmm. um i want to talk about the music in this movie mm-hmm. specifically their song that they wrote olivia cook wrote this song. oh did they really oh, yes i didn't know um it sucks ass <laughs> <laughs> is it the first song that they played yes. yeah the one yeah it doesn't make a shred of sense and <laughs> like maybe it would be a cool like song that would be in the middle of an album that would then lead into like an an actual song mm-hmm. yeah. um but it's it's obvious that Music to lose character in this movie is all about the emotion, while the music for Riz Ahmed's character Ruben is all about like the craft. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so it it's 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 interesting to see this song where he is like really going at it, and it's not he's not playing a beat; he's playing with her emotions. Mm-hmm. But it's it's she's up there, and it's all about her vocals. It's all about her poetry, and. To me, that was like, oh, this is not a metal band. <laughs> yeah. You know, so much as an art installment. Yeah. Right. It's kind of funny though that you say that you compare the music to like that because um, I see them as that. Like he's very like, hey, this needs to get done so I can do this and mm-hmm. to do this, and she's very emotional throughout the whole movie, yeah. or at least the parts that she's in. She's like even. Her just waking up in the morning, I'm like, that's a moody bitch. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so there's the part right at the beginning where he wakes her up with the drumsticks, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, fuck. Uh, 
that doesn't seem like <laughs> that seems like a joke where it's like the drummer wakes up his girlfriend with oh, his drumstick. I thought that was so adorable where he wakes <laughs> up and like tapping on yeah. her. Yeah, I just love the idea that that's obviously like it's I mean, because knowing to him. well, and knowing Stephen is a, oh, a drummer, true. that's something drummers do. Mm-hmm. They are tapping on everything yeah. all the time. They're making a beat on every fucking surface that they can find, and so that's kind of I, I imagine something they would do is like have their sticks on them <laughs> and just be like you know play a little beat on her leg, help her wake up. And to me, that's like organic real see i would drummer behavior you know? i would have thought it was the opposite where she was gonna wake him up with his drumsticks oh, yeah. you know what i mean i felt like that was like the go-to but then they continue to talk to each other mm-hmm. uh through while they're driving to the next show or whatever and she's just like leaning up against the window like and they're asking each other questions as a montage mm-hmm. and i was very confused by all of this because i was like is this a brand new romance they obviously have music together they obviously like tour together like <laughs> how how come it seems like so fresh and mm-hmm. new and it, i don't know what is your take on that do you guys feel like that I think that's all for us, and just, it is. It's, mm. it's all just like relationship building. You'd be like, "Look how strong this couple is," you know. Like, look at all the like the little the, the little intricacies of their relationship, yeah. you know, that they've like found together. Because um, it's supposed to obviously be very powerful when we first see her waking up and we see her left arm and the fact that she's obviously a had been a terrible mm. cutter through the years, and so the scratching is kind of even like a strange like anxiety from that, yeah. you know um and so i thought yeah they, there's like a lot of little subtleties they tried to do in this movie to like give the to build on the characters without like having to give us whole you know exposition or backstory into them you know um i don't know i think we got everything we needed out of lou which is basically that she is everything to him mm-hmm. and a reason for him to try to fight so hard for the things he thinks he needs for her you know what i mean mm. um that's why it was a bummer to me that sh- they made him something negative to her because that we didn't really get that up until that point. We basically saw that they had both pulled each other out of a shitty place. And the best thing I can rationalize is that it's kind of a message that, like, just because you help each other grow doesn't mean you're either person's final destination. You know right. what I mean? Like, they were a stepping stone in each other's lives and now both have their own paths to take. Mm-hmm. But we kind of blatantly see where hers is going to go. What his is left so much more open-ended on, like, he obviously can't go back to the commune. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, where is he going to go from here? You know, I mean, I guess I'll just go find another deaf community to go be a part of, you know? I just I just felt like by the end of the movie, he kind of felt like, oh, damn, did I fuck up? Mm-hmm. He you did know? fuck. I think sure. I feel like he's like, I did fuck up. You yeah. Know? <laughs> he, he tried to, like... Him being deaf was his problem, and he should have just faced it head on. Mm-hmm. But like I was saying before, he just ran away from it the whole time. So to talk about like the support group a little bit, which I also love that the the way they get there. Like I felt like the only reason mm-hmm. they needed them to be heroin addicts was an excuse on why they would end up at a support group like that. Mm-hmm. He did, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was why they needed to be addicts. But I loved this. The, the, all of that i loved the support group. I loved the cast of actors they chose to be in it because it yes. it kind of shows you two things. Anybody can be deaf, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And anybody can be deaf and an addict, you know? And yeah. it, well, deaf people still do fucked up shit, like rob and do crime, kill people and mm-hmm. do heroin and shit like that. And if anything, I would probably think that a lot of people who have gone deaf are drug users or drug abusers because they think of the psychological, you know, yeah. damage that would yeah. do to you and how much you wouldn't want to cope with life anymore, you know? So it's like an interesting look into that world of like, Something you wouldn't think about all the time, you know what I mean? No, for like, sure. The world of addicts you wouldn't consider, you know? Yeah. Um, I think I read somewhere that a lot of those actors were 
actually deaf and they pulled from like the deaf community mm-hmm, to, exactly. to come and play that's, them. That's cool. Yeah, I agree. Um, no, I mean, yeah, it's, it's interesting that they did the, I guess that's, I don't know. I feel like Riz Ahmed's character, Ruben was so much of a cliche and I feel mm-hmm. like he was so exactly that guy mm-hmm. that we've probably all met at least once. True. You know what I mean? And so I just, it felt so unreal to me because he seemed so exactly that dude, but I had to cope with it by saying like, yeah, I mean, he exists and this is the movie about him, mm-hmm. you know? It's more frustrating they made a movie about that guy because you're right. We all know that guy and it's like, who wanted a movie about that fucking guy? And I <laughs> Make a movie about me. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to throw out any actual names when we're doing this. <laughs> there is actually something that I wanted to talk about real quick. Um, so, I I started watching this movie with Amber mm-hmm. and immediately she was saw oh, I do not like his voice. And then almost immediately after that, he starts going deaf and I'm like, you don't have to listen to this voice. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> That's pretty good. Um, it's, I mean, he is playing a, an unlikable guy at first. Yeah. And throughout really, if you, for sure, you know, no. Yeah. But it's, it, I don't know, like to make him an addict, I was like, damn, this is really hammering home that I guess this is what metal drummers are to Mm -hmm. people who make movies. And then I find out that this is based after a real couple and they're, he was the director, I forget his name. He was working on a documentary. Martyr. Yeah. He was working on a documentary about this real life couple and the guy who he was working with, the actual director, he gave his graces like, hey. If you want to, you can rewrite this and make a As movie. As a fiction. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I, you know, I really, like, had to come to terms, like, this is kind of a real story. You yeah. Know? If anything, this is stooped in realism. You know what I mean? That, and maybe that's the problem. It's so grounded and mm-hmm. these people are almost too real that we don't, you know, it's like jarring to us. We're like, these, they need to be more fantastical, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think it's because we were constantly watching and reading mm-hmm. things that are more fantastical. True. Than so that is very true. <laughs> in a way though, it is kind of a brush, of, uh, a brush, a breath of fresh air. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Here's your breath. <laughs> Dude, that's as fresh as it's going to get. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, we can talk about Ruben some more. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, I liked the whole scene. So it in in acting, yeah. Riz Ahmed put actual like earplugs in his ears so he could be as believable as as a deaf man. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a part where he was driving while deaf, which I was terrified already. Yeah, me too. And I looked at his ear canals and they looked ginormous. And, oh. and so I was thinking, I wonder if he's wearing plugs. You and know, so they had to like cover it up. Yeah. No, I, I, like, I, so you looked into it and it was like, yeah. sure enough, he yeah. had oh, plugs okay. in, deep in his ears to make him extra yeah. deaf. <laughs> There's the whole scene at the diner where he's yelling at the phone, talking to his sponsor, which I will parade this movie for is that it doesn't spoon feed us every bit of detail. It does so much mm. great work with context yeah. that you're like, oh, I understand completely. Who this is that they're calling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we never get directly explained up to that point that they're heroin addicts. It's just like, we need you need to talk to this guy. Well, and I love that he goes and smokes a cigarette, and that's mm-hmm. what causes it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, as, like, <laughs> as soon as he said, she's getting mad at me because I smoked a cigarette, I was like, oh, he's a fucking addict. Yeah. yeah. Like, I knew it immediately. It's, it, and Amber was like, 
playing the game. She's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, see, I mean, like that phone call is so real. Like everything mm-hmm. he said, like, but I'm good, bro. He's like, you know, this is a bad moment. You know, it's like, I feel like I could have sat in an IHOP and listened to somebody have that conversation no, for sure. at table we over been, from me. <laughs> we would have been literally at the IHOP right after a show. We would have seen the drummer that played on in the band after uh, you yeah, know, our yeah. brothers and, and just been like, yep, that's, that's that guy. And sure enough, he's making a scene at IHOP and we would have all been like, what a fucking asshole. <laughs> Not realizing the sh- poor shit that guy's going through right now. <laughs> He's going deaf, okay? Exactly. Give him a break. And so I, I don't know, like this movie, it oh, it's, it feels like just so real. Yeah. And it's, it's like, um, it makes me rethink like how I have to approach people. Because mm-hmm. like everyone everyone is losing sometimes you know what i mean like everyone has shit they're dealing with and i can't just be the focal point and me trying to figure out my main story while there's all these side characters when i love the idea that you said that he's not even like if you kind of think about it he's not a main character and this movie is kind of him coming to terms that yeah exactly this isn't like his hero's journey this Mm -hmm. is kind of he doesn't get the girl yeah this is the absolute reverse of that and it's coming to terms with your rock bottom you know and having to Mm -hmm. grow from there once again um because exactly i think that we pretty much see him at his lowest in that final moment scene where it's the silence is uh, basically the seed being planted of him then being able to grow back from that moment one thing and um, we're just going to jump around all over the place no, but one thing fine. i really love about that they did chose to do in this movie is when we first get to see him join the community and start helping with the kids and there's all these scenes where they're like you know we get to see the dinner scene where they're like slamming on the table and everyone's yeah. talking and stuff and it's just it's so stressful mm-hmm. for us is and there's no subtitles because we he doesn't understand what the fuck's going on so we don't understand what the fuck's going on we just have to feel what it's like to be a confused person around the deaf community but by the time he's learned sign and he's playing with the kids we get subtitles for all of the sign language cool. and it's because we've he's learned we've learned with him to understand the environment and what's going on around us and that's the fucking best goddamn way to do that you know what i mean like instead of just giving it to us outright or like doing a weird thing where we understand it but we get to see his reaction not understanding it i think all of that would have done it so much weaker than us just being as blind as him mm-hmm. coming into this environment. You know what I mean? It really, like, first dinner scene, the first dinner scene makes the second dinner scene that much better when we get to finally see him there busting the balls of the old man yeah. about his wife being better or whatever. And it's just like, God, here, here he is in the same moment. <laughs> and it's so much more heartfelt, you know? Yeah. I, Ruben, I genuinely, like, with the teacher mm-hmm. situation, what is the Joe? actor's name? I'm, Paul? No, the uh, female teacher for the kids. Oh, right. oh okay. what is her I, name? I was really imagining, like, Oh my God, Lauren Ridloff he, plays Diane. I was like, Oh my God, he's going to like fall for her. Mm-hmm. Or, like, oh yeah, gonna, I was afraid of that. I was afraid of that too. I was like, He told this motherfucker told Lou to wait, and he's just gonna go run off with another girl. They picked too beautiful of an actress to be the teacher, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I in trivia that I looked up, she was like Miss Deaf America, like three years in a row, or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's very so, cool. So yeah, like she's oh, one of the genuinely deaf actors. No, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Paul Paul Racy, or is it? It would be Racy. That's where I was like, what? or Rachy. Yeah, I don't know. He plays Joe. He's a little Racy. <laughs> he is not deaf, mm. but both his parents were, and so he's like a big advocate for a lot of like. American Sign Language and stuff like that. He's also in a metal band called The Hands of Doom. 
Doom. Really? And where they perform for deaf communities. Oh, the Hands of Doom. That makes so much sense. They, they sign metal music. That's that's pretty rad. Isn't that's that sick. fucking sick? But because it's called the Hands of Doom, I imagine that you have to be dressed up as Dr. Doom while you're signing. <laughs> and they're or, playing metal music. Or Hellboy. Because he's got the True. the right hand of doom. There you go. Oh, but this is the hands of doom. <laughs> right. So it's a bunch of Hellboys. Yeah, it's, it's multiple Hellboys. But he also fucking killed it as Joe in The Sound of Metal, I thought. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He did I, a really good job. I think him and Riz Ahmed are, I mean, they literally got the nominations for Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor for this film, like they, um, which I think is so well-deserved. And one of them should have won it. You know what I mean? One way or the other. Because... I, they both, literally by the scene where mm. they're having to like step away from each other, you're just like. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the heaviest scene for me. That is everything to me. And it's because you can feel how much he's doing a good job acting in the sense of like holding back his emotion, you know, like mm-hmm. or like feeling like he's just having to like keep it all in, you know, and like handle this situation like the responsible caregiver he is, you know. And I, I fucking love it. You know, as soon as I saw Ruben start like, "Quote unquote breaking the rules," I oh was, by checking the computer and shit, or just doing it. Yeah, I just knew anything. I was just saw this the disrespect like <laughs> of this man. Absolutely, I was like he he's gonna get kicked out, and he's gonna be very upset about it. It's gonna be like the worst thing to possibly happen to him. Yeah, he's like, and sure enough, it happens. Looking around, like looking around when he's on the computer, it's like, what excuse are you gonna come up with if they do catch you? You know what yeah. I mean? Like you're up there, obviously fucking around. Oh, I. I, I thought I left my M and M's here. <laughs> I was like, uh, "What?" <laughs> God damn it! Sorry, I couldn't hear you. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's I. I was hating Riz Ahmed a mm-hmm. lot of this movie. It yeah. was so frustrating I think to watch. We're kind of meant to hate Ruben a little bit, or at least obviously be on the opposite side of all of the decision making he's doing. And that's you know the genuineness of like Joe is meant to really ring through. So we're super frustrated with the fact that he's just doing the opposite the whole time. Uh, I, I really didn't hate him. To really, be honest. really. Did you yeah. feel sympathetic well, towards him? Yes, I, but that's that's kind of like who I am, mm-hmm. like. I, that's one of the reasons I love stories so much because I, I feel like I'm really good at putting myself in their shoes. In the shoes. While reading a story or watching a story. Right. And so I felt everything that he felt so I could understand why he's going through this and how stressful it can be. Like, I can't even imagine that happening to me, mm-hmm. but I can understand, you know? I think the frustration that it comes with me with this movie is that a lot of movies that are meant to take you along with the ride, they'll, you know, craft the main character to be as relatable as possible. Mm-hmm. And Riz Ahmed was not relatable to me whatsoever. He's like, more like this person you know, but try to be everything you're not and you're against, you know? Exactly. He's the guy we didn't want to be in high school. <laughs> he's the guy that frustrates me whenever he comes around because he's so intense about something. And I'm like, bro, just chill for intense one second. everything. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so it. that's why I think, yeah, I mean, Riz Ahmed came off, you know, unlikable to me. But he was very real in mm-hmm. his performance. Well, I mean... Doesn't that just show how good of an actor he is? <laughs> yeah, like, definitely. No, for sure. Yeah. We can like Riz Ahmed and hate Ruben. And yeah. <laughs> it really is. Ruben Stone is kind of a garbage person. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and But the thing is, is I think they... You, you said it. It's like, this is what 
big execs think metal drummers are like, but <laughs> they're not wrong. That's the problem. They fucking hit the, ne- the fucking nail right on the head, in my opinion. That is exactly what those motherfuckers are like. Pan- pantomime the, the hammer? <laughs> um i mean that's just it like those kind of stereotypes are kind of true when it comes to those guys exactly they're aggressive and they're mm-hmm. like impatient and, you know and they want everything right now and they will and they will refuse things that they don't want to be happening you know like as reality they're like nope that's not a thing and so all the way from him denying his hearing to refusing to accept that the cochlear implants aren't the answer it's just so what on the nose what a guy like that would do you know like fuck it. it's just money i just gotta get the money and everything's fixed mm-hmm. like just seeing something yeah. like that as the end game and not taking the time to actually understand understand it yeah understand the procedure and what it means because it's not until he's literally already had it done to himself that she explains like your ears aren't working mm-hmm. this is tricking your brain to think they're working and that's probably the first time he even considered that you know what yeah. i mean that it wasn't just a fix-all for his goddamn ears you yeah. know and so i believe that wholeheartedly that yeah these actions are genuinely what a douchebag metal drummer <laughs> like Ruben stone would do in this situation well it, it's also kind of like um being being at your wits end mm-hmm. you know and just somebody giving you a lifeline and you wanting to believe and just hold on to that lifeline yeah. as much as possible no, you know i feel i that's where i relate with him the mm-hmm. most is like you see an end point and you're gonna do everything you can to get to it mm-hmm. exactly and so like it, it of course it ends up being off or not because he realizes in the end this is just stressful now yeah and i'm I'm much more, I actually kind of like the silence now. They do such a good job of showing how shitty the choice he's made is, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, and the, obviously the scene that brings that home is the scene where we get to see Lou perform with her dad and we get to hear it from our beautiful perspective and then slowly watch it deteriorate into his shitty perspective. And his acting in that moment is so good because he doesn't change a fucking thing about it, but our perception of it changes vastly Mm -hmm. because it goes from him being so emotional because they're putting on such a gorgeous performance to him being so emotional because they're putting on such a gorgeous performance but to him it sounds like fucking just the the sound of metal that's why i love the name of this movie and let's get into it is that 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 the name of that movie the name of the movie vastly changes on what it means from beginning to end the Mm -hmm. beginning you're like oh he's losing the sound of music and like metal and mm-hmm. the thing he's loved his whole life. And by the end of it, it's like, Oh, this is the fucking sound of metal. And you're like <laughs> wanting to take the headphones off or like turn the sound down. Yeah. Cause it's these gritting metal grinding sounds. And it's like, fuck, you know? Yeah. Oh, I love this movie. I thought this movie was great. I'm gonna give this movie a way bigger rating than either <laughs> of y'all will, because I think, I think it's such a, it's such a unique thing. It's such an egg, you know, or like a diamond in the rough of exactly. It's like, if this movie wasn't, made the way it was made cinematically mm-hmm. and sound wise you're right this would be a dog shit story about a dog shit character i would not care about <laughs> but oh my god the fact that they worked so hard to make it the way they did and make it sound the way they did is what makes this movie fucking so rewatchable because to go back and watch it and be like okay now you know what's going to happen to get to those moments where they unplug the mic for the fr- you know unplug the amp for the first time and you start losing the sound and you're just like in it you know and you're just ready for it i don't know i think this movie's fucking 
dope. Oh, goodness. That's just Um, a pure straight line going up and down. I actually really want to make Amber finish the movie with me. She didn't finish it. No, she she barely watched like 20, 30 minutes of it. Okay, interesting. I I really want her to finish the movie that way because she's not going to get everything that I got out of it. Mm -hmm. But if she can get half of that, I would love it, you know. So we could. I want to talk to her about it. (laughs) Yeah, more than anything. Um, Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll finish talking about the sound of metal. Hey guys, and welcome back. So we are talking about sound of metals. That's right. Grit and Mm -hmm. grind and sounds. I wonder uh, if I have any metal. Hold on. Um. No. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit more about uh, Lou yes. and the fact that we mm-hmm. kind of get her story like a little reverse engineer. You know, we mm-hmm. we just kind of we get a little bit over at the beginning of the movie, but it's not until Ruben kind of shows up at her dad's later on that we really get some of the blanks and her story filled in, which is like well, you're right. You said it earlier. They do such a good job of not just bottle feeding us all the information mm-hmm. we need to know we're like way earlier in the movie they could she could be like oh my mom killed herself and my dad sucked so now this is why i am the way i am we get all of that through the dad explaining why he would fucking hate reuben mm-hmm. at first you know what i mean it's like my wife took my daughter away from me and then fucking killed herself so in all of that depression she chose to go to you instead of me and mm-hmm. and obviously in that time i'd fucking hate you but now i realize you did nothing but help her probably much more than i ever would have in that time period and i appreciate that and i thought that was like a great way for us to kind of get like a moment where we're like oh that kind of explains lou a little bit and why she would have ended up with ruben you Mm -hmm. know instead of obviously getting to see all the wealth she kind of came from and i liked that it was more of like that was something that she never didn't actually grow up with because it makes more sense that it was like you know would you go back to like those childhood fantasies of like that better life you had with someone that you're other parent just like took a shit on all the time you know what i mean mm. to the point that she i mean they basically kind of make it hint that the dad was the reason for the mom choosing to end her life you know for whatever reason so you, you read that you, you didn't feel that way i, I he felt was like kind of like this this movie is all about depression yeah mm-hmm. and everybody so, sad yeah and so i i felt like it was I thought I thought it was very respectful that the movie didn't explicitly tell us why someone would commit suicide because sometimes that there's never yeah, a there's good no reason, reason and yeah. there's you, sometimes people will never have a reason. And so I really liked that for this mm-hmm. movie was that I got to you know they did it respectfully cuz like I wanted to mm-hmm. compare it to Annihilation just mm-hmm. for a second. Annihilation they had to describe to us explicitly Oscar Isaac's like depression Mm -hmm. and in this movie it's almost the exact opposite where it's like you know sure there's shit stuff that's happening but that's not the main reason there's no real main reason sometimes but anyway go on we basically oh oh, yeah go ahead i was just say the reason there's no main reason is because and this movie does a good job about it is because life is a sum of everything that's going on Mm -hmm. and so like you were saying sometimes there's not a reason sometimes it's just everything sometimes it's nothing yes definitely Mm-hmm. but go on kenny i apologize i don't know no, you're fine that's a little point just, and we need to kind of like take turns as well i was like oh no i already did my <laughs> well, attention, so. no but i mean olivia cook's character lou mm-hmm. is very cool in this movie as then bleached ass eyebrows <laughs> oh my god so i, read... I like that her hair wasn't bleached yeah. just her eyebrows it was so bad <laughs> i read trivia that she was going through pinterest for like i guess edgy looks and that was one of them so she was like i'm gonna bleach my eyebrows i made the joke i was like do you think 
he bleached her eyebrows or she bleaches his hair. Because <laughs> 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 it can't be both of them bleaching their own shit. You know? I, you know, I thought it looked cool, the bleached eyebrows. I thought so too. I thought it made him look like the part. The part, yeah. yeah. Like with the once again, the all the you know band, band shirts they put him yeah. in, like the outfits she even wore. They looked like the people they were trying to promote. You know yeah. what I mean? And I thought that like those subtleties were spot on. You right. know, I but, thought he looked uh, good with the shaped head. Oh Dude, yeah, for sure. Hella good. With no, shaved, for right? sure. I I'm starting to dig a shaved head myself. I've been shaving my head. Every I now almost and again. left my girlfriend. I thought <laughs> it was hilarious. Oh, here, my, mom, my mom's about to walk in. Um, I thought it was hilarious that we literally get the surgery where they obviously shaved the sides of his head mm-hmm. now, but didn't shave the entirety of his head. So then we get a scene of him choosing to shave his head. I was like, they could have just done it. Like, you could have just come out of surgery with a fully shaved head, yeah. and that would have been fine. I, mean, I don't really think we needed this emotion, emotional 50-50 moment of choosing <laughs> to remove the rest of his hair, you know? But I think actors just love shaving their heads on, on yeah. camera. I think on that's camera, probably yeah. something they love to do. But I think it was... I think I think it was good. I actually enjoyed like the majority of the scenes mm-hmm. in the movie. Um, like y'all were kind of like uh, griping on Lou earlier. Um, no, I was like about the, to talk this up whole. Lou. Oh, you okay? <laughs> no, but, like, <laughs> but what just, you just the whole like relationship aspect, how it was kind of not needed earlier. Um, but I actually really enjoyed the uh, the moment where they're alone in the room, and you can see Ruben kind of realizing, hey she's probably better off without me and yeah. so he's just that's why he's saying it's okay like at first I see what you're getting at, now. at first he was saying it's okay and i was like what is he apologizing for and then he just kept talking and i was like oh he he's realizing the truth that yeah that she really is better off without him and he might be he might have helped her at one point but he's not that thing anymore to her right unfortunately no yeah i i think lou is secretly the main character because she arcs in this movie yeah and Mm -hmm. and she's also the plot device because it's all off screen and all against riz ahmed you know what i mean so where riz ahmed is struggling well he does arc but literally Mm -hmm. right at the The last last second the last minute of the film (laughs) yeah and so when we see you know olivia cook pre going to europe and then pre re-entering the room into mm-hmm. his life she's she looks completely different and we see that she's obviously whenever he sneaks onto the computers we see that she's still performing music that is obviously not metal anymore mm-hmm. and so it's we see that she has grown so much so ex- exponentially in this time in this time and it's off of riz ahmed's not main Absence. character <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. i mean like so it's it I love that aspect of this movie because this movie, in a technical sense, both craft-wise when it came to the sound and and how it plays into the movie, and a craft craft-wise story-wise, it's impeccable or impeccable. I mean mm-hmm. to say, yeah, <laughs> it's it, almost like it plants a seed at the beginning and mm-hmm. then pans over to watch a turtle trying to flip off its, its back. <laughs> For like two hours, then we pan back. We have a whole tree. And it's yeah. like, oh shit, look how much the tree grew since we left. <laughs> yeah. And so where we have been sympathizing with the uh, with Ruben this whole time, we suddenly see Lou's sudden growth as like, I, uh, like what, a... French socialite? <laughs> no, but no, not what she literally... Uh, we see it as like a... Fuck, what is the word I'm trying to think of? Like, um, 
Oh no, I'm I'm blanking so. <laughs> it's okay. I'm the king I do of that this. all the time. <laughs> yeah. We see it as a metamorphosis? No. We see it the opposite. We see it as a betrayal. Oh. Oh, we see her essentially betraying Ruben but by because becoming we this. sympathized yes. with Ruben, okay. even though Ruben is frustratingly stumbling through his life. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so her growth is a betrayal, even though it's what's for her. And we, Ruben, and we as the viewer have to come to terms with that because I felt upset with Olivia Cook. Really? Yeah. When we see her again, and she's suddenly like happy and healthy and with her father and she learns she relearns french and and she's just this great person again i was like wow like your your guy was struggling over there (laughs) this whole time selling everything you guys own together just to get these fucking shitty ass implants um i don't know it's just it's it's really fucking cool to see it that way Mm -hmm. which and then you would think, right, like he's struggling to get these implants and stuff. And she even knew that he wanted these implants because the dad said something about it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. You said she mentioned, she mentioned you wanted that. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you see all that. You see her successful. And it's like, hey, wait a second. You could have probably sent him some money. <laughs> like, I mean, I think she's obviously yeah. living under her father's umbrella and, yeah. you know, like 40 grand. Well, he obviously even goes to the father to try to get that money at first is even the point to get the RV back, you know. But I think it's more, I think he obviously does it without telling anyone, you know, obviously mm-hmm. besides his lesbian deaf best friend that he gets throughout the movie, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Also, by the way, I thought her oh, acting yeah. is so good. I love the scene where she's like looking around the camper, you know what I mean? It's just like, Everything about this movie, everybody's acting is so real. You know what I mean? Like to see that scene, it's like, this is real. These are real people looking at each other's shit, you know? Like, (laughs) um, but yeah, I just, um, wasn't even fucking going on with that. I don't know. Either way, um, fucking. We're all blanking now. We're all blanking now. It's fine. I'm going to cut around a lot of this. Yeah. Um, no, but you were talking about how he went to her dad to to get the money exactly i just we have to assume that that's like not something even the dad was necessarily willing to help out we get that whole speech Mm -hmm. where he obviously talks about how he appreciates ruben but i think beyond maybe like a place to crash for a few nights his whole point is like you did good with her while you had her but now we're done with your ass you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like you need to go figure out your shit somewhere else and away from us you know yeah and he basically tells him that by he tells him without telling him directly Mm -hmm. and like like you were saying this is another way that the movie is just so good at just giving you the context needed Mm -hmm. without just smacking you in the face with it (laughs) yeah no it it's it it does such a great job with crafting this story Mm -hmm. um are you guys satisfied with how this movie kind of concludes? I am, absolutely. Yeah. I think this movie tells the exact story it's trying to, and by the end of it, we get our acceptance. I mean, because you could even argue this movie goes through the five stages of grief. You yes. know, it starts at denial and it ends at acceptance. You know what I mean? And that's truly, we go through it all with Ruben. I mean, smashing his goddamn donut, you know what I mean, halfway through. <laughs> when he did that, I was like, that's so metal. <laughs> so fucking metal. I love I, more that he tries to put it back together and then I, smashes it one more time. <laughs> and that's even more metal. Yeah. I think it reminded me too much of my father. That's <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> smashing that Whataburger. Uh, yeah, they cheese fucked him again. <laughs> Um, no but it that whole scene where you know joe tells him to go upstairs and Mm -hmm. just write just be with yourself i found that so frustrating not on his level because i would have loved every second of that you know what i mean i i guess what i liked about it is the fact that it 
you know, the one rule is that it's not allowed to doodle. And I even kind of took a moment to be like, because that's so smart, because you can't write words thoughtlessly. You can sit there and doodle squiggles all day long and not yeah. have a thought in your mind while you do it. But you, if you're writing words, you ha- you're thinking about something. Mm-hmm. Even if you're writing the word fuck across the whole page as giant as you can, you're thinking about shit. You're re- there's a reason you're writing that. And so I was like, that's such a good way to get emotion or like thought out is like uh-huh. you have to write something you have to be writing words down you know so you're always going to be getting somewhere yeah. in that way i think the last scene that ruben goes up into that room mm-hmm. and he's going to go sit down with the book uh i had the idea what if i thought for sure that joe would have swapped their notebooks because joe said i'll be doing it too i'll be in my room writing also mm. and so i thought they were going to swap notebooks and then they were going to have to read each other's shit and um I was like, that would be a neat idea, but I don't know what that would accomplish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ruben. 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 That's real. That's actually how it works in sign language. They give you a name sign. I forgot what Christina says. She actually had a legitimate name sign from when she got, you know, she was in school. Yeah. And so is that with only that community, they'll understand that sign as Yeah, that I mean, exactly. Uh, you know what okay. I mean? It's sort of like when you introduce yourself to like, other deaf people you can be like you know my name is and then spell it out and be like or this you know and you show like what you kind of go by so then Mm -hmm. they can also is from my understanding it's like something you take with you you know what i mean like people make it for you and then you take it with you kind of thing that's kind of beautiful in a way right you know (laughs) especially for people who don't know any hearing whatsoever Mm -hmm. it's they have all new words that are just the signs Mm -hmm. that we will never comprehend the same way you know yeah that's so cool because it could have been like that what they more likely could have done would have been like an r and then like something like with his hair you know what i mean yeah. or like something with like drumming you know and it would like ruben you know mm-hmm. I mean? ruben you know <laughs> and it would have been something like that even you know that, that would have made perfect sense that would have been like us saying like oh you know ruben and we're like which ruben we're like drumming ruben <laughs> yeah <laughs> Drum- <exactly. Ruben. laughs> we know three rubens yeah drumming ruben <laughs> eating ruben <laughs> And drinking (laughs) God damn it. So. Um, Yeah. Yeah. This is a good movie. It's so well uh, crafted. Mm -hmm. I want to read. I I wanted to start doing this thing where I read reviews from people who hated them. Which I love it. Oh, really? Well, we should do do someone who really loved it and someone who really hated it. Well, I think we will be that person. Yeah. That 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 really loved it. it. (laughs) True. Um, no, but I couldn't find any that weren't explicitly talking about the wrong things that they got with the deaf community. Yeah. And Which, so once again, Christina's big problem with it as far mm-hmm. as the deaf community side of things goes was just how negative of a light it portrays on cochlear implants yes, specifically. I saw that because, constantly. Yeah, I was like, they're not such a horrible end all exactly. Mm-hmm. But I would agree that they would be to someone who is so adept to hearing their entire life and then having it fully taken away from them like that because mm-hmm. the the sound is obviously probably much worse than it actually sounds with a cochlear implant. But I would imagine to someone who it would be that jarring. It would be that emotionally jarring. I right. think that's where the movie gets the point across, you know, mm-hmm. is that it would be that much different to you, you know, that, uh, than what sound used to be like. But I'm, mm-hmm. a lot of people with cochlear implants aren't. 100 or not usually 100 percent deaf i don't think right. or the yeah, they um they're right. only deaf in like a single ear or you know they'll have hearing in another ear or something like that yeah no i saw that a lot that was one of the biggest complaints another one was that a big plot point in this movie was that 
the first doctor explicitly said that this wasn't covered by any insurance or no. <laughs> Medicaid or anything, which is the exact opposite. Yeah, okay. they definitely do this kind of Amber stuff. Amber actually got really mad. She was like, why the fuck isn't that care covered <laughs> by insurance? Because it's a plot. Um, <laughs> it, it's literally, it had to be crafted for this movie. But me and Amber kind of talk about stuff like that a lot, like uh, mm-hmm. braces. Mm-hmm. Braces aren't covered by insurance. They're strictly cosmetic. Wow. Um, and like a lot of stuff with your teeth aren't covered by insurance. They're for cosmetic. Right. Um, it's just stupid because they insurance only wants to cover things that are vital to your health. Mm-hmm. But then you ask a dentist and they'll tell you how vital your teeth are to your health, but insurance still won't cover it. You know, and then yeah. you ask insurance why. And they'll say, well, because they're not vital to your health. It's cosmetic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You had braces, right? I had braces for three years. I, I should have only had braces for a year and a half. But what I, happened? I, I never wore my rubber bands. Oh, no. what so the fuck? I still have a slight overbite. And then I lost my um, retainer. Uh-huh. So my teeth have shifted. Mainly my bottom teeth. Um, but yeah. it It's all right. Yeah. My mom paid for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, she paid for your cosmetic surgery. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually wanted to talk about... Sorry, the what were they called? Cochlear implants? Yes. Implant? Cochlear implants, yeah. Cochlear mm-hmm. implants. Um, I, I have to imagine that, you know, like you were saying, somebody who's adept at hearing, that it's it's just got to be, like, different for everybody. You can't say, like, oh, it definitely sounds better. Oh, yeah, you know? that's true. Because I can imagine that to some people it might sound just like that. Like, maybe mm-hmm. it's just they have so much damage that there's not much they can do to mm-hmm. it. But what the fuck do I know? I'm not a doctor. (laughs) Or deaf. So, exactly. (laughs) So, I could just be spitting nonsense and it just, they all sound better than that, you know? So, but Um, that's how I would feel. Another criticism I saw for this movie was that people drew it comparatively to a movie called uh, It's All Gone Pete Tong about a real-life DJ that also went deaf. And Mm. (laughs) there's like, Dog toys and <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, but he's making a lot of noise. Okay. Um, no, but I mean, they they compared it to this other movie called "It's All Gone Pete Tong," mm-hmm. and it's about a musician. He's a DJ that goes deaf. But I feel like this movie is not so much literally about that and more about the craft on how to tell this story. Yeah. Yeah. And so regardless if... They were trying to be like, oh, it's a redundancy of that movie is the they, they argument. They were saying that it was beat for beat. And I'm like, oof, I watched the trailer. That movie looked goofy. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, that's also apparently based on a real life person. Yeah. Um, no. Did Instead, you find a good bad review? No. I found a review written by Drill from Twitter. Oh. Oh no! <laughs> we, I thought Great. that was me. I moved for a second. Bring it over here. Bring it over. Here. Bring it. Girl. Okay, so there's this really popular Twitter account named Drill, and he tweets like nonsense shit. But he also has a letterbox. Uh, account and so I get to see his reviews whenever he reviews a movie nice. this is his review for Sound of Metal I get dozens of compliments about my perfect ears every day <laughs> it's like shut the fuck up I'm trying to eat a bagel in my car and you do this that's his review that's it. for Sound of Metal is he the one that did the review you sent me pretty recently? no <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? let me see if I can find that review that one was for this review's way too long on IMDb, but the thing I love about it is they keep calling, they say Rudy is the drummer, and then for the rest <laughs> of the thing, they call him Rudy. 
<laughs> that's yeah oh, i saw that's that one beautiful. too okay yeah the review i i sent you was from knives out and uh-huh. that one was written by someone named kylo ren dude can you read it <laughs> yeah it's so irrelevant so funny um this shit is so predictable if you go to wikipedia the and read the entire plot summary before watching the film that's what i did so it came as no surprise when the killer was revealed nice try ryan next time don't put the whole f- movie on wikipedia <laughs> dumbass what the fuck <laughs> that was obviously a joke <laughs> yeah that's so that's such a like funny thing to do yeah <laughs> um but those were some reviews for other movies <laughs> uh, <laughs> for other movies how what do you guys give this movie i want y'all to go first because i'm curious where we're all gonna put it i wanted to go last only because kenny was saying he was gonna give us a get a higher rating than us but, I feel like Kenny should go last because he loves this movie. <laughs> but I would give it, um, I'll give it a three point eight. Yeah, yeah, a three point eight. I think I think that's a reasonable number, um, mainly because, like I was saying in the beginning, this wasn't really the pacing mm-hmm. of a movie. Like this wasn't the type of movie that I'm into. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, the whole story, the message, it it gets its point across. It's really well made and. The cinematography is just awesome, so mm-hmm. I would definitely give this a pretty high rating. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm also going to give it a three point eight. I think that that's a really good rating, um, especially because, as frustrating as I found this movie and as unlikable as the characters were, it was very real. Mm. And beyond that, the craft of it was just incredible when it came to sound design and how it all worked. Exactly. For all of those reasons you just said, I'm going to give this movie a 4.2. <laughs> and here's my thing. Even uh-huh. if this movie for me isn't like a top 10, like this isn't a movie, the story, I'm like, oh, I got to keep coming back to this. Mm-hmm. I think this movie is perfectly crafted for what they were going for. From sound to cinematography to casting to the acting that cast put on, they hit their mark. This was what they were trying to create and they did it in a way that I think is incredibly enjoyable. Because there's so many things that could have been done differently in this movie to instantly make it shittier. If the sound design wasn't so great, if Riz Ahmed wasn't half the actor he mm. decided to be for this movie. Um, I mean, just all kinds of things, perfect things kind of had to align for us to get this sound of metal is even what I'll call it. So I have to applaud it as something we'll never quite get again, you know? And True. Mm. Anything that's delving into a community like this, like it is going to fuck it up. You know what I mean? It's so, there's so many intricacies to humans, you know what I mean? Like little subtleties to try to nail that you're never going to get it right. And especially when you're working with people who can't totally understand, you know, obviously they're not going to do a hundred percent deaf cast because that would just be, that'd be difficult. You know what I mean? It'd be realistically difficult to do for everybody involved, you know? Um, but I think once again, this movie did exactly what they were aiming for. And it's, it's so good. And I think, as long as you prepare people for a sad film, just about anybody can watch this and mm. not even have to have known this metal drummer douchebag like we kind of intimately <laughs> have right. and still be able to enjoy it, you know? So, um, I did not find this movie sad. I found it insanely frustrating. Mm. Interesting. I can see yeah. that. And, and like the rewatchability factor for me, I feel like won't come until maybe years later where I want to show this to somebody else. And that's more what it is. I think this movie as rewatch as a rewatch factor is, let me show you this crazy ass movie where they do some crazy shit with sound, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be sad. I could probably rewatch this movie one more time, like with Amber. Uh Um, but then after that, I'm going to need a good break from it. True. (laughs) But, but yeah, no, it, I think it has good rewatchability. I really do. Um, just because of the message it tells it's, it's, 
like one of those movies that you can like if you're feeling down mm-hmm. you'd be like hey ruben's life is worse than mine <laughs> true <laughs> yeah this is a story to go to and be like i make you feel better about yourself and the <laughs> shit you're going through um can i ask if jeff goldblum liked this movie is that okay with you yeah guys? it's fine yeah. jeff did you like it i like it oh well, you liked it there you have it jeff liked this movie thank god <laughs> if you didn't i don't think anybody would <laughs> right all right um what are we doing next week we're gonna do two movies Ooh. we're gonna be doing unforgiven um oh and unforgiven and, oh and also unforgiven yeah <laughs> unforgiven from 2004 i believe is it unforgiven because it's too late to apologize <laughs> sorry too no. late. okay so it's unforgiven from 1992 okay and unforgiven from 2014 okay 1992 is directed by clint eastwood starring clint eastwood and uh the 2014 nope 2013 oh, i was about to say i swear you have different dates in the drive <laughs> <laughs> is directed by sang il lee and starring ken watanabe so nice That'll be a lot of fun. We'll be able to compare literally two movies back to back. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be dope. I think next week's going to be a fun episode. Okay, thank you guys for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram. That's going to be in the show notes. Hit us up. Our DMs are open at the time of this release. Mm. Who knows if you're listening to this five years later, our DMs might not be open anymore because people probably harassed us true (laughs) because the internet's a very beautiful place that allows anyone to say whatever they'd like um but uh next week we will be uh unforgiven yeah we will see you then we will see you on another time y'all bye guys get out of here